Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, May 31st, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley, and I do appreciate you joining me today and every day as you do at this four to five o'clock hour Pacific time. So I appreciate that. And of course, I would love to hear your calls. You know, this is a call in show where you ask anything, questions, anything you want financial. Now, I got a bunch of screens in front of me, and I got, I'm pretty fast on typing and I got a bunch of software I use so all the information I have in front of me I will be happy to share with you when you call and ask those questions and you know the whole whole the whole purpose of this show and the whole purpose of what I do is to try to help you reach the goal that we all want and that's that financial freedom that we talk about every day and we want to do that with you know a philosophy of independent thinking and then we want to share our success with everybody. I buy this I in every one of our programs. We have like five investment programs we have. I'm in every one of them. And I buy the same thing for myself at the same price, same time, same percentages as my clients. We call it parallel investing. And I do that so that I'm on the same side of the table as you. If I lose money in one or several of my accounts, it's very painful for me because uh, I am doing the same thing you are. So don't think uh, I'm not focused. I am focused on making money for all of us. So just remember that when you become a board. I'd love to have you as a client. Today at this hour, I'm going to do my best to answer all your financial questions. So, But you got to call. So our anytime listener line number is open right now. The number is 888-99-CHART. And of course, we're live right at this minute, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. The main talking point today, if I don't get a lot of calls, which is okay, I do have things to discuss. I always want to squeeze them in even if I do get a lot of calls. But the main one tonight, today is about technology companies like Amazon, Google, Apple, Microsoft. They're all trying to get into a specific business, and that's the healthcare sector. They're all trying to get into that business. Now, they're not trying to offer, they're not, we're not talking about being doctors or anything like that. I'm talking about information. Sharing information. Tech company hits a wall every time they try to get involved in this business. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And of course, I got other things I want to talk about. One thing we've seen the market today. The market was down. Dow was down 354 points today. The Nasdaq 115 and the and the S&P down 36. So the market was down all month long. So you would think that everybody would be pretty fearful by now. And I'm telling you, we don't. There's not enough fear in the market. For it to be ready to bounce up, to go back up. We don't have enough fear. Now, how do I know that? I mean, how do I say, well, gee, I know that for a fact. What do I What do I look at? Well, one of the things I look at is what's called the VIX, the Volatility Index, and that's considered the fear gauge. And today it's at 18.71. When we had that correction in December, do you remember what it was? It was 34.35. 
That's where it spiked to. How high has it ever gone? Well, during the crash, you know, in 2008, that crash period got up to like 90. You know, so it can get up pretty high, but it needs to get up a lot higher than what it is today at 18.71 to tell us that, okay, everybody, there's maximum fear in the market and we can get into the market because of that on a contrarian basis. So there's not enough, that's what I'm going to talk about today. I also want to talk about Facebook and its problems. Lots of problems with Facebook. We're going to discuss quickly uh, the um, inversion of the yield curve. It happened today. Remember what I've been saying about that. If it happens, what is the result? And um, there's lots of articles and documents and pamphlets and discussions on saving for retirement, but there's hardly anybody talking about living through retirement, discussing how to live through it. Everybody talks about saving money to get to retirement, but, you know, there's things you got to deal with when you're in retirement. Maybe we'll discuss that a little bit today. Okay, and as it is Friday, I will be also talking about the highlights from our KPP Premium Newsletter that goes out every Friday, went out this morning. And how did the market do today? Well, as I said, it was pretty tough. Pretty tough, pretty tough week. So the Dow again was down 354 points, NASDAQ 115, and the S&P down 36. Not a good day. Not a good day. So that's what I plan to talk about today. That's how the show is going to flow. But, of course, you drive it with your calls. And I want you to call me now at 888-99-CHART. Hey there. This is Noah in Orlando, Florida. I had a question about Primo Water, P-R-M-W. I wanted to see what you thought of the stock. It recently had a pullback of a pretty good amount this earlier this month, and I bought more of it. Wanted to see what you think of it long term. I like having the diversity in my portfolio of it, but look forward to hearing about what you think of it on the show. Thanks. Okay, well, it's a very, very small company, therefore, it's very, very volatile. Okay, it's going to be volatile. And it had a good week, actually. I mean, it was up this week for, compared to the rest of the market this week. But for the, for the month, it was trading at $16 in the beginning of the month, and now it's $11.54. So it had, had a bad month. Primo Water Corporation, PRMW. Out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, it's a $449 million company, very, very small. Provider of multi-gallon purified bottled water, water dispensers sold through retailer, retailers in U.S. and Canada. So it's a water company, drinking water company. Um, I'm not I'm not keen on it, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, their earnings are going to be decent this year. They're going to go up uh, 7% to $0.44 cents a share, and then next year up nicely to $0.63. Cents. But my worry is that the sales for a little tiny company like this, you buy this company because the sales you know, are growing, but there's not. In the most recent quarter, the sales shrank 5%. The quarter before that grew 4%. The quarter before that, it shrank 1%. The quarter before that grew 1%. Now, a year ago, in 2017 and 18, it grew fast. But most of the time in 2018, it just went sideways as far as sales growth. But it is going to be making money. But another thing I don't like about it is a lot of debt. That debt 
is heavy. So I'm, you know, the earnings are going to be nice, but the sales have not, you know, for a company that's really tiny, it should be having a lot more growth. So uh, I don't think it's a good company to have. Sorry about that. I know you're not happy with that assessment, but it's just not strong enough. Now, it might bounce for you. I had a good week, but I don't think it's worth uh, worth much more than where it is, to be honest. I mean, just don't see it. 12 bucks a share is about what it's worth. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want you to be aware of a very special upcoming financial, financial event. Okay? We don't do these very often. It's an Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It will be a live two-hour learning session held on Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine. Okay, that's less than a month away from today. Now, at the Wealth Conference, Justin Klein and I will help you understand the current volatile market that we're in and in the global economic environment that we're living through. Is it going to be good, bad? And so we're also going to try to give you some actionable information, things, something you can do. You can do something about it. You just don't have to sit there if you don't want to. So we're going to share some techniques with you, some investing techniques. Also, we'll give you a plan to boost income and manage your investment risks. Now, we got to do this all in two hours, so it's going to be, you know, packed. And finally, we'll define your uh, ways for you to find great opportunities in the marketplace. I mean, it's going to be packed. So please make plans to join us if you can. That's the 26th of June at 9 to 11 in Irvine, California, in our building. They offer, you know, we have they have conference rooms there. Uh, the, the, to learn more, you can purchase tickets. you got to go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com, two T's, no space. And now I'm t- taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. For investors, May is over, and Monday begins the first trading week of June. Will the market volatility continue? Will it get worse? And just what can you do to protect your investments? Well, you can start by listening to our podcasts over the weekend and then returning here to Invest Talk on Monday for unbiased guidance. And right now, you can step up with your finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is here, and he's ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. It's okay. What's going on in the market? You know, there's a lot of fear, right? There's a lot of fear right now. But is it maximum fear? And the answer is no. We don't have enough fear for it to be done with this correction, in my personal opinion. And I base that on a number of indicators, VIX being one of them. Um, another issue we have, you know, the global economy and the, you know, the flight to safety, uh, because the global economy is not that healthy either. Our economy is healthiest of them all, basically. But today we saw the 10-year Treasury yield go below 2.1, go to 2.17 percent. Now, do you know what the two-year is? It's at 1.95 percent. So we're not there yet on an inversion. But the 10-year keeps going down. Luckily, the two-year went down too today. Because the two-year is being more stable than the 10-year. 
But, you know, as long as the spread doesn't, as long as there's a spread there between the two-year and 10-year, we're, we're fine. But once it inverts, if it inverts, that usually indicates um, recession. Why does it invert, by the way? What happens? Why is that? What's What you're seeing is market forces saying that, you know what? Uh, let's all run to safety, the 10-year treasury, where, you know, the whole world. Let's, we don't want to be in stocks. We don't want to be in our economy. We don't want to be in, oh, we're scared, scared, scared. And therefore, they their demand drives the 10-year yield down. Okay? And the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve has risen, the has increased the rates of the short-term. They only control short-term rates. So they control that short-term, that overnight rate. They don't call, control any of the treasury rates, but they control the short-term interest rates, and they've been pushing up. They, last time they rose, it was in December. They've said since then they're, they're going to pause and stop, okay? Well, but maybe they, they increased it too far too long. Well, that supports the short-term rate so it doesn't go down as nearly as fast or as much as the 10-year rates. So if there's a lot of fear driving down that 10-year rate because everybody's running and buying safe U.S. Treasuries and driving the yield down because there's more demand for it, the less they pay, then what you're seeing is the market and the uh, economists and the investors in the world are saying things are in trouble. And usually the Federal Reserve is too late to match it with producing liquidity by pushing down rates. You know, they're pushing them down. So produce like liquidity market, to, the economy, to keep it flowing. They're usually late very often. That's what's really happening. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's just how it works. Oil is, oil's down 3% this week, so that's doing good. We're, we're going to get some... Uh, you know, summer driving time, maybe not here in California because we're paying over four bucks a gallon, but other parts parts of the country is it's getting cheaper. And University of Mich sentiment numbers were still pretty high, but fell to a hundred, but still pretty high. This is Invest Talk, everybody, and to many of us, it really does feel like time is racing by. But don't worry about it; you're not in this alone. And Invest Talk and KPP Financial, we want to help you reach your goal of financial freedom. So, give us a call. You can also contact us free anytime you want to. We'll talk about anything financial with you. Okay? And now I'm taking your finance and investment questions at, and we're live at 888-99-CHART. It is official. Steve Peasley has set a date for his return to San Jose, California. Yes, Steve will meet with listeners in San Jose on Wednesday, June 12th. He'll conduct his no-cost portfolio review consultations. If you set an appointment, Steve can look at your investments and then provide individualized and optimized advice. This is the kind of unbiased guidance you'll need to help you achieve financial freedom. You can register at investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, and we're taking your calls now. Step up with questions, 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, and as you know, every Friday, uh, the premium newsletter, KPP Premium Newsletter, goes out in the morning, usually later part of the morning. I work on it starting, I usually start it on Thursday, I usually do, and I finish it up Friday morning and then send it out. Um, so, uh, and you know, this is no different this week. And I always start with the same sections that you know, the market condition section it starts off with. And I stated that May has been a bad month for stocks with every week down, but a very good month for bonds as yields fell and prices rose. Remember that flight to quality we are talking about just before the break? So, and but you had to look at the quality bonds, the quality side of the bond market. Because if you looked at the junk bond market, they had a bad month. So you had, uh, you had a um, divergence between quality bonds and risky bonds. Risky bonds fell. Quality bonds rose. That ties in with fear in the market. People are fearful. They don't want, you know, they're worried. That ties in with a with a it ties in with a, with a a recession getting closer now don't misquote me i'm not saying we're getting a recession this year but we're certainly moving toward that path right at this moment something has to change something so that that was the first section of the premium newsletter so you know looking at want bonds is a very good way to keep you know, keep your eye on the pulse of what's going on in the market. And of course, you know, the bad news is all about, I think what happened this week, I think investors are finally waking up uh, to the fact that this trade China deal is going to take longer than expected. I think that's what we saw today. In the portfolio management section, I point out, the you know, that volatility has increased. Uh, and you need to think about protection of your principal of your fund, the principal, uh, and not necessarily thinking about kind of think about protection versus uh, versus growth. And we've been talking about protection for a while, how to hedge your bets, how to you know prevent a fall. I really think the market's going to go retest the lows made in December. That's what I think is going to happen. And that may be a very good buying opportunity if it does, okay, just so you know. Uh, but the portfolio management section was, you know, talking about company buybacks and why we're having volatility and why the company buybacks are slowing down and might cause a problem for the market. And I revealed some ways to mitigate your portfolio, maybe putting in some top losses or diversification or maybe buying dividend-paying stocks at, you know, very reasonable prices these days. In the stock ideas section, and I give you two every week, a couple of them. Uh, one was, uh, you know, manufacturing ingredients for food, beverage, paper, and personal care industry, sweeteners, starches, commodity-grade ingredients. One stock, because it was very low, very inexpensive. I don't know if I invested in it right this minute, because it's also cyclical, but it looked pretty good. And the other company was uh, um, a privately held U.S. cable company. One you probably haven't heard, but one that looks pretty, had good fundamentals. Consumer confidence. The consumer confidence talked about the survey and the consumer confidence survey and uh, the collapse of the trade talks and what is the resilient job market and what, do the, what is the consumer doing? 
not what the consumer feels. The consumer confidence number and the consumer sentiment numbers, that's how the consumer feels. Well, the consumer can feel bad or good day to day to day, and the survey could you know, reflect that. But what they do, when I say what, when I'm talking about what they do, I'm talking about spending. Are they spending their money? Because that drives the economy. Remember how a recession, many recessions get started. It gets started by consumers stop spending are reducing their spending. That will drive us into recession. So fear in the marketplace. So even though this trade war thing is really much to do about very little as far as our economic impact on us, uh, the consumer could be very fearful of it and the consumer can slow down spending and that would drive us into the to the recession, everybody would say, "See, it was the uh, trade deal." Well, not really. It was our re- it was our perception and our reaction to this lack of a trade deal. But the actual dollars involved in the trade deal, in the dispute, in the tariffs, those dollars aren't are minuscule compared to our economy. But still, could have an impact. Okay, but there's always lots of information on that premium newsletter. And, you know, you can subscribe directly if you wish. We send it out free to our clients, but, it, you know, you can buy that newsletter. It comes out every Friday. And you just need to go and to take check it out at KPP Financial. Um, you'll see it. You can buy it if you like. On the Invest Talk, on the next Invest Talk, a Yale University economist professor says market fundamentals are not out of whack and I'm have to agree with them and that investors are overreacting to trade war theory <laughs> that ties into what I'm just said and that story is going to be on Monday everybody but for now I'm Steve Peasley and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART this is invest talk and if you live anywhere in Southern California Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine, California. By harnessing the power of income compounding, retirees and investors of all kinds can improve their chances of living a life of financial freedom. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to attend our next Invest Talk Wealth Conference, Saturday, June 22nd. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99 Chart. Hi, uh, my name is Lucian. I have a question for you guys. I'm interested in what you guys think about technical analysis versus fundamental analysis when trading. Just kind of your opinions on sort of the worthiness of both or if you use technical analysis along with your fundamental analysis and uh, kind of the value of each. And if you have any favorite technical analysis indicators 
that you'd use either for momentum or to find reversals? I know of a few, but I just was curious to see what you guys had to say or if you had any favorite ones you like to look at. And that's it. Thanks. Okay, fundamental analysis and technical analysis. Uh, we use both, but the primary, the first thing is fundamental. Fundamental analysis, that goes to the company, the company's strength and weakness, uh, the, the earnings, the profit margins, the debt, all those financial numbers that the companies produce over time. That is the most important thing you should look at. Technical analysis, we use that to give us buy points, sell points, the, to kind of help us decide whether, when and where to buy or sell the stock. Technical analysis is not a science. It is an art. Now, I, we really like to see double bottoms, uh, maybe even a triple bottom, and the and the stock coming off of those. That it tells us that you know there's that the, that maybe the selling is over with. Same problem with top tops. We've had a major double top. Top happened back in September, and the market fell, 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 fell hard in December. We now ran back up to that top, and now the market fell all all of. Um, um, uh, May. So that was a double top. So we like double tops. Support and resistance numbers are very uh, support and resistance areas on a chart. It's very important. You always start with a one-year chart, a daily one-year chart. We like to look at the 20, 50, 100, and 200-day moving averages. That's very important. We like to. I like to look at the um, Relative strength indicator for overbought, oversold, and the MACD. Those are some of the indicators I really like to watch for different reasons. And, of course, Investock Academy, we talk about, you know, I've had lessons, charting lessons. And I basically talk about charts every time I, I, I put on the class. You know, every, that start off with what's looking, what the chart's looking like. Anyways, good question. I appreciate the call. Keep working at it. It takes time, and you learn. It will, you will come. My main talking point concerns, you know, techno, technolo, technology companies like Amazon, Google, Apple, Microsoft keep trying to make inroads, the business inroads into the healthcare sector with technology. But they keep remember it's a three and a half trillion dollar business opportunity, but they keep hitting walls. What are the walls that they're hitting? Well, the biggest wall is the, the you know how the, the privacy aspect of your healthcare is big issue, right? They want to share my private healthcare issues. Well, then they want to gather all the information from the various healthcare sources. Healthcare companies and doctors, they don't really share with other people. They will, but it's not something that they're comfortable with. In other words, it's it's so diverse, it's hard to wrap your hands around. Well, uh, me as a patient, I want every all my my various medical people to know all my information. Then you have the medical profession itself that doesn't necessarily want to share all the information publicly as to what they're doing and what they're charging and whether, you know, they're working with insurance companies. Insurance companies don't want to share that data. So that's why they're, that's why Amazon, Google and Microsoft and Apple are running into a wall. You've got all these little fiefdoms that all everybody's protecting, including patients who don't want their information all over the internet. 
and that's the wall they're hitting. They want to, you know, conglomerate, uh, uh, gather all that information, and they want to then share the information with anybody who needs it to be shared with in the cloud. Well, there's a lot of hesitation about that. And it's still, no matter what, I'm sure it's going to happen, but it's going to be a slow, hard slog. One of the reasons why it will happen, because it will probably save money. I mean, if you have transparency and costs and, you know, you don't duplicate tests and then they just saw that you gave a blood test two weeks ago or a month ago, you don't need to do it again. And, you know, stuff like that will all reduce costs. And, you know, it's going to happen. I just... I just think they're still going to continue hitting a wall. <laughs> it just is a matter, matter of... I, I just can't see it easy. I just can't see it being easy. Okay, well, did you see the first, uh, uh, the, the first Uber earnings report that came out? They lost a billion dollars in the first quarter. A billion dollars in 2019. The stock went up, though, today. Why? Well, the loss was in line with expectations, and overall, Uber is showing a 20% growth year over year in sales. And Uber Eats, a unit you know that they have that you know that they deliver food to wherever, went up 89%. I've noticed in my office, it's a WeWorks office. I noticed that people delivering food to the WeWorks uh, renters and all the little spaces in the WeWorks all the time. I see them coming in the main and they you know and they're delivering food. I, I I remember that happening back in New York when I worked there many, 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 many years ago. But it wasn't that you ordered food. It was what happened is vendors would bring the food to the floor and they sit in the front of the reception and they would have sandwiches and stuff and you would have to come out and go buy whatever you want. What do you got? Uh, okay, I'll take that roast beef sandwich there and a bag of chips. They, they would come up with like little dollies with all their stuff. Now you order the food and they deliver it. And that's what Uber Eats is talking about when they have 80, 90% growth in that delivery system. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, stockholders of Uber are in there for the long run, I think. I'm, I'm not convinced the business model of Uber is all that robust. Uber, Lyft, or anybody. Because I think eventually we're going to go to driverless cars. So that's going to change dramatically. Now I think that they can Uber and Lyft. They can they can be the provider of you know picking up and driving and driverless cars. I'm not saying that, but the model is going to have to change. I think that's what's going to happen over the next five ten years. I still think they'll be around. I'm not saying that, but you know the drivers are make very little money, very little money, and you know they that can't work out. They can't continue. I'm CP, and I hope you're making the right choices with the money in your 401k or 457 or 403b. You have any one of those 400s? You know that relates to a a a a a, a, a section of law that that 401k. That's a section 401k in you know the a law that for for retirement. That's what that's relating to. But anyways. Um, you know, you may have trouble managing your 401k. We do have a, a, an offering called Active 401k. 
Uh, it's not one of our programs, but it will help you manage your 401k. It'll give you choices based on your risk tolerance and tell you what to invest in and over what time, what to change um, with, you know, driven purely by mathematics and your risk tolerance, how much risk you want to take. So if you want to learn more about that, it's called Active401k. You can go to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine, California. By harnessing the power of income compounding, retirees and investors of all kinds can improve their chances of living a life of financial freedom. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to attend our next Invest Talk Wealth Conference, Saturday, June 22nd. Hi, it's Rhonda in Texas, and I have a question. Just wanted to know what you thought about Hospital Corporations of America. HCA is the ticker, and I will listen to your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, well, I'm a little confused because HCA is HCA Healthcare Inc., uh, not Hospital Corporations of America. Uh, so you gave me the symbol of HCA, so I'll go with that. And it owns and operates 179 uh, acute care hospitals with, uh, what, 46,000 plus licensed bed in 20 states. And also in England. It's a $41 billion company, so it's a big company. And they operate hospitals, okay? Hospitals, acute care hospitals. So they have very steady earnings, very steady sales, and recently earnings and sales have gone up a little bit. Uh, they're going to make $10.41 a share this year. It's $120 stock. Next year, they're going to make $11.37. So that tells you the stock is like 11 or 12 PE, a little over 11. Doesn't pay much in a dividend, which is kind of disappointing, 1.3%. Uh, the PE ratio, their range is 8 to 18. So it's kind of a low PE ratio. And right now, it's like a 14. Next year, it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, about 12. So it's not cheap. It's just not expensive. So there's not a lot of, uh, this is the kind of company of $41 billion that should be paying a very nice dividend and they're not. So what are you buying? Well, you're buying the growth. Well, their they're no, average growth is in the high single digits, both sales and earnings. Now, next year, the, this year, the growth in earnings is going to be up 24%. Next year, 9%. So it's looking really good right now. But notice the stock peaked at 142 and now it's 120 Peaked at 142 in February, and it did that last December, the beginning of the December, and then now it's fallen off. I, 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 I don't think so. I think I'd wait. Not that it's a bad company. If it paid four or five percent dividend, I might be might might be more amenable to buying it because I can just collect the dividend until it pops. 
but I think it's going to go down. I think it's going to retest about $105 or so. So I would wait. I'd be patient here. Hey, let's go to our friend Bobby in Atlanta. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, Steve. I'm good. You? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Sure. Uh, Marathon Petroleum Corporation, MPC. With the crude oil price mm-hmm. is sinking, do you think it's a good time to buy? I don't think so, but let me take a look at Marathon. Yeah, Marathon's still falling, right? I mean, they've, they've had a bad month. I mean, the beginning of the month, they were selling almost around $60. Today, they're at $45, $46, today, $46. So from $60 to $46 in a month, that's pretty pretty decent. That's 20-something percent down. So the question you're asking, really, Bobby, is it cheap enough now to pick up? And I think it's getting close, but not yet. It pays a 4.6% dividend, which is much better. This is Marathon Petroleum, everybody. MPC, engaged in refining, marketing, transportation, uh, petroleum products in the Midwest. So, you know, these, these oil companies are pretty cyclical. They're also pretty darn stable. Cyclical meaning uh, in the economic cycle, they're attached to the economic cycle. So if there's weakness in the economy, and this is a $30 billion company, if there's a weakness out there, uh, they generally fall before the recession ever happens. And, it could be, and that might be what we're seeing. Recession is not going to happen until next year, year after, and you're starting to see weakness now, this year, in this stock. So... Um, I think it's a very good company, Bobby. I think it should be on your watch list. I think it, you can buy this and, as one of your core holdings. So all those are the good things. And some company is really, really solid, okay? But I think I'd wait until we see a clear signal that it's bottomed already, and we haven't got that yet. You want to see two or three weeks of sideways movement, maybe starting up, and then that would be a much better uh, buy point. But right now, uh, it's still falling, so you got to wait. You got to wait, Bobby. Good company, though. Okay. Very good company. Thanks for the call. MPC. Thank you, Bobby. Let's take a quick sampling of the retail pulse. U.S.-China trade dispute is certainly, you know, putting pressure on the retail sector. Costco was trading lower. Everybody loves Costco. I mean, how's Costco doing in the recent, you know, let's take a quick look on a chart. C-O-S-T is the symbol. Yeah, well, you know, they've had a, they were about a week or so ago, they were at a 52-week high. So now they've been trading off, you know, coming down. Um, so they were about down 2 or 3% today. Um, but everybody loves Costco. I, you know, the, is, Chinese tariffs are probably going to affect them to some degree, but Costco makes most of its money by fees. Did you know that? They don't make their money most of their money by selling products. They make most of their profits in those annual fees. And they have a 90% renewal rate. So I love Costco's model. It really is a beautiful model, really. This is Vest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, just one, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in. You can do it now. 888-99-CHART.
On the next Invest Talk, a Yale University economics professor says market fundamentals are not out of whack and that investors are overreacting to trade war drama. That story Monday. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to David in San Leandro. How are you doing, David? Fine. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you. Good, good. Once again, I want to appreciate your uh, show, my appreciation for your wonderful show. Um, Thank you. have a question. On, what are the policies on 401 and IRA, IRA accounts regarding shorting and option trading? Okay. Um, you cannot short individual stocks in either any retirement account, uh, whether it's a 401k, a, a Roth, or a regular IRA. You can't short. You can't short individual stocks. But you can buy ETFs that short indexes or sectors of the market because you're not, you're not shorting them. You're buying them. And inside them, they short. So that's how you can get around it. So you can't short like, I want to short IBM or I want to short Tesla. You can't short in a, in a retirement account, individual stocks, okay? Huh. Um, so what, how, was, how what was the I, other part of your question? down that sort of fund? Are the ETFs the, the short? There's there's quite a few of them. Um, uh, the, the Direction Mutual Fund, Direction Mutual Fund Family, Direction, they that most of what they have is shorting funds. There's also ETS. Um, there's quite a few of them. If you go and type in a search engine short short ETS short ETS, and you're going to get a list. You'll see them there, and they're described. Okay. This one shorts the the S and P 500. This shorts the Nasdaq. This shorts the Russell 2000. It'll give you the the ETF symbol. And if you have trouble, David. Send me an email. I'll send you a short list of ETFs short, that short the different indexes. Okay? Okay. They appreciate the call. Let's go to uh, uh, let's go to Kentai in San Jose. Conte? How you doing, Kente? Yeah, Conte. Uh, hey, Steve. Um, love Kente. your show. Very educational. Thanks. I wanted to ask Thank you, you about REITs, specifically, you know, the leveraged uh, REITs, um, which is an ETN, M-O-R-L, mm-hmm. or R-E-M-L. Okay. okay. Uh, M-O-R-L is, a, is a, a, an E-Trax two times mortgage rate, so it's leveraged by 200%. Exchange-traded funds seeking performance corresponding to the Market Vectors Global Mortgage Rates Index. And so you would buy this because you want the the, the, the dividends. So what you're looking for is the, the dividend yield, right? And this one says it's paying 23%. Now, be very careful because to do that, they have to take some pretty big risks. I'm not sure how they're doing it because I haven't looked into it. But to achieve a leveraged anything, they had to have agreements with uh, opposite parties that agree to be on that side of the market to pay them two times, and they have to pay a huge fee for that. So it's a very, uh, it's a very difficult thing to maintain that kind of leverage, especially if the other party can't perform like they said they can. Now these parties usually are pretty big, like J.P. Morgan or somebody, but 
you know, it's difficult. Um, I, I wouldn't count on that dividend being that high all the time. But, it, you know, uh, you could try it. I just don't think it's a good time to be in REITs right, right now. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Joe in Pittsburgh. How you doing, Joe? Hey, doing okay. Thanks for uh, thanks for having a great podcast. I enjoy listening to it. Um, you. Interested in a biotech stock, AXSM. Okay, AXSM. Oxum Therapeutics. Okay, they are a $764 million company, so it's a pretty small cap company. They're losing money. They've lost money ever since they've been in business. They plan on losing $1.29 per this year. year. Next year, they're going to lose $1.20 a share. So they're losing money. They have no sales. They develop therapies for the treatment of pain and other central nervous system disorders. So I would stay away from it because they have nothing but debt. They have no sales. I don't know what, what what brought your attention to it. Do they have something in the pipeline that looks promising? This would be a very, very, very high risk. It's $22 a share, so it's not cheap for having no money and negative cash flow and not making money. I don't buy stocks that don't make money. It's just my philosophy. Joe, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. And of course, that completes another day, uh, another show for Invest Talk, another week on Invest Talk. And I thank you very much for your support and all your questions. Please come back Monday. And remember that you can listen to the podcast, our podcast, anytime you want. We take out all the commercials, except for maybe one. You can go to investtalk.com and sign up for it. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 